This is Bobby Whoa. Just fine, fine, fine. It's so good to see you. Show for you, ladies and gentlemen. This is season two of Poly Muse, the podcast where we take our favorite artists, the artists that change our lives. We review each and every song that they ever wrote. We break it on down to our desert island mixtape. We're deep in the midst of system up and down. Got a great one for you today. This one's called X. Just X. No one remembers what this one's called. No one remembers this one at all. The title is just the letter X. They never say the word X in the song. Which is not, I don't even think the letter is in any of the words of the, any of the lyrics of the song. Nah. Just think of it as the multiply song. It's by the boys, by the System of a Down boys. And we are the Hardy Boys mystery-solving duo of Polly Muse fame. My name is Ben, and this is my cousin Michael. And Michael is going to tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about the song called X. X, a song about immigration. And the X, I just think of this as the multiply song. Like X multiplying is a gene, a genome. That's how I always thought of it. So there's a lot of meanings to it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But the first verse and chorus relate back to immigration and overpopulation. Second verse. Exciting. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Verse two, the struggle and kind of death that can occur with immigration and, and border security. Nullify in the second chorus can refer to the stripping of immigration rights. So very much a song about immigration losing rights, the struggles they have to go through, coming in, going out. Not a fun topic, really. <laughs> but certainly, you know, a normal subject matter for System of a Down and fighting for their rights for Armenians and other minorities. Of course, they're all immigrants. Or children of immigrants. Or children of immigrants as well. It's heavy. I get the song is crazy. There's like a punk rock element to this song where it's just is a very just rapid patter drum pattern. And it just... Just beats you over the head with just the craziest, fastest drumming. It gets into like a slow... It's a trick that they do a lot. They keep stirring the pot. You know, they've never done the same riff twice on this album. They get different ingredients. It's like you go to a Mexican restaurant. It's like the same 10 ingredients, but they can rearrange it. (laughs) They're stirring the pot to give you something a little bit different. Just a different sizzle to it, a different rhythm, a different sauce on there. This one's got a little bit of sauce on there. It's a two minute song, very quick. It's not one of these ones that has all these different sections. It kind of just gets in, gets out, gets nasty. Yeah, it was a song that actually held back for further development from their debut album. It was came out prior to their first release. They did hang on to it for a while, which is interesting for such a short, brief song. It was something they did play live as well before they actually released it here on Toxicity. For such a quick hitter, it, it does have, like you said, a number of different elements here. They have the nice guitar. I don't know. Is it a slide, the guitar piece towards the end there? The yeah, he's like doing a bend. Yeah, yeah the those are awesome. Bend, yeah. In the bridge, very iconic part of the song yeah so just a quick hitter quick banger to get you amped up on a very serious subject really so but very aggressive in your face about it and i just like the way that system of down is able to express that it's another one of those songs where they kind of repeat the same thing over and over where it's not necessarily an anthem but kind of a chant it kind of not 
only their political songs, some of their nonsense songs too, but they've got kind of these chanty songs where it's a repetitive concept or meme almost. This is definitely one of those ones that we don't need to multiply, no one needs to multiply. It's catchy, it's one of those, it's like Deer Dance where it's like a dark, weird concept that they're they're getting like a like an earworm into your head of of these just incredibly dark like they're dealing with politics they're dealing with sociology they're dealing with whole societies and and cultures of people and they're speaking about you know most bands don't speak for and i'm not saying they do but most bands don't speak for an entire culture and that's not what system does but it's they're telling the story of their ancestors they're telling the story of a time in history uh, you know a certain place in the world and they're really the most famous probably musicians obviously metal musicians you know, people telling that story, they're telling that story. Right. We don't need to multiply, die, show your people, show your people how we died. Ask your people what is right. Ask your people, ask your people what is right. We don't need to multiply. So again, if you want to take away their writing and their their background to it, you could certainly, there aren't, like, there aren't keywords, specific pieces that necessarily contribute to the background to the writing process, right? So again, if you wanted to interpret it, take it other directions you could which is always appreciated. It is specifically to what we just discussed. My point is that just like so many songs are just about like interpersonal relationships or like personal feelings or, you know, something that happened to somebody. They're like talking about the whole soul of a nation, the whole soul of a group of people that was wronged. And it's just a whole different level of, it's like those songs, those Mike Shinoda songs about World War II. It's it's these types of songs where you feel bad about getting it stuck in your head like you're singing about genocide or you're singing about like a terrible historical atrocity but that's suppression of of a a race yeah it's a way for them to get these messages in your head it's a way for them you know that's that's the art of it is that they are getting these these stories told and these concepts across in a piece of pop music or heavy metal music it's it's an accomplishment they it's, it makes sense that they took them a while to to get this one exactly the way they wanted it probably one of the ones from their earlier set that rick rubin would have seen from the first album the set of music where he signed them and began producing for them yeah it's a good point this is the one of the, i think one of the few songs that actually harkens back to content that could draw back from the armenian genocide so this is probably the one track that probably didn't make previous projects that they felt still feel in place here to kind of continue that message so that's a good good observation there ben i got a few of them and we'll go to the vaults now and play the song x system of a down that's a good song i mean what can you say it's not a riff we've had yet on the album they chop it slightly differently they bang it slightly differently it's a different thrash to it it is their trick where you've got the slower sections the faster sections the folk rhythms in there it's not a terrific terrific song it's not a s-tier song can i guess what you're gonna grade this i think man sometimes you like these little ditties even though you just said that i'm gonna say i'm gonna say a b minus no c plus (laughs) <laughs> that's damn close that's dang close okay i'm gonna give it a d Ooh. i'm just gonna d it out it's just not dinger something i'm this is a skipper for me on system of a doubt and there aren't very really? many of those it's a two minute skipper you don't just let it go oh yeah if i can't get to the skip button in time walk <laughs> yeah. two minutes slow walk i get two minutes into 90 percent of their other catalog yeah 
through, you know, if I hit skip at two minutes into another, another song. So I can get to that skip button. That's what I do. This is a D for me. Even though you found the secret meaning X as in a genome, X as in multiply, X as in like exit from a country. like X as an exit from this track. X yes. as in Xbox. You're totally right. Let's talk about Nostalgia Corner. Welcome to Michael's Nostalgia Corner. We're talking about the video games... <laughs> The music, the cartoons, the movies, the pop culture additions to your pop culture history lesson for today. Take them all the way back to 2001, Michael. 2001. What did we do in 2001? We're, we're talking Nintendo GameCube, GameCube yeah, Advance, and Xbox, part of whatever. Game Boy Advance, awesome. Yeah, whatever we call that. You know, we used to number whatever wave we were on now. Oh, Xbox or you know Microsoft and Nintendo are releasing this wave now and they're releasing whatever wave this year I'll tell you what the GameCube is the best of all time yeah the GameCube guy F-Zero on there you got Super Smash Bros on there yeah big GameCube fan you got some all-time classics on there the unbeatable they reached a pinnacle of game design in this era and I know what's Everyone is nostalgic for the era that they grew up with and kind of the era where they were in middle school, high school age. But I'm telling you, the GameCube, video games go in cycles, okay? And and there's an era where they bring in a bunch of new technology, and then there's an era where they perfect a bunch of new technology <laughs> yeah. and really refine it. And it just goes back and forth and back and forth like that, where they're either bringing in innovation or they're perfecting it. GameCube was the perfection of all the innovation up to that point the games of that era the the mario games on there the zelda games on there the metroid the super smash bros it's the perfection of everything that has come before it up to that point it's not like a golden era of ideas but it is a because then after that they start throwing everything at the wall again it just gets all crazy like do whatever you want bring in new ideas bring in new technology bring in the wii bring in motion controls so to me it's kind of a capstone era like where they perfected kind of bring in perfected what they'd done up to that point yeah but that before moving on to the future. So, yeah, because just previous to this, we had like Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1. And that 1. was the new technology. That and was brand was new 3D garbage. graphics, yeah. brand new this and that. So let me do some of the top games. Let me do a rundown for you. So Halo for Xbox came out that year. Grand Theft Auto 3 for PS2. Great. Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 uh, and Tony Hawk 2, which came out for Game Boy Advance. So they were... One like one generation behind on the handheld. Final Fantasy X for PlayStation 2, Super Mario Advance for Game Boy Advance, and Gran Turismo 3 for PlayStation 2. Big Pokemon releases as well. Gold, Silver, and Crystal came out in Europe in 2001. Uh, they'd released a couple years previous in Japan in 1999. Oh, so that's what I was doing. Yeah. I was parked in front of my Super Game Boy, which allowed you to plug <laughs> a Game Boy cartridge into a Super Nintendo and play it on your TV. So I yep. would have been sitting on the floor in front of a TV playing Pokemon Gold while yeah. my siblings were babysat in another room because the babysitter would just like leave me there. Yep. So that's what I was doing when this album came out. Yep. We're setting the stage, folks. We, po- we always love to do the nostalgia, the time period. Right. 
bring it all in what else was happening at the time of this record and that's the poly music experience yeah i was gonna say pokemon stadium 2 released around that time you remember that yeah used to raise your poke i used to raise pokemon in the main game and then put them in stadium for nintendo 64 just to play that because i Mm -hmm. love that more than anything that was my favorite that was my video game at the time that's a great game that's hard (laughs) to beat the ai is smart you have yeah. to be really smart to beat the gym leaders and the Elite Four in that. Way better AI than in the Game Boy game. Four. Sure. It's a good era. It's a classic era. And I think what I was saying is a culture-wide thing. I think it was it was not necessarily an era of new technology, but it was kind of perfecting. It was before kind of the web 2.0. It was like, you know what I mean? It was before Facebook. It was before YouTube still. It was before a right. lot of this stuff, but it was kind of the perfect of the old technology to where we had you know we had cd players we had we had stuff that worked that could get a message across right but it wasn't this brand new like throw it like bounce off the walls again like what can we do with social media and video and all this stuff it was like it was a functional just was what it at the turn of the century it was well for video the games beginning of some the end of something old the beginning of something new yeah you know? yeah and it also like we stated, it was the perfection of that first wave of some of the graphic stuff and some mm-hmm. of the gameplay stuff. So, you know, improving on that initial wave of first gen per se video game type of stuff. So, yeah, that wasn't that sweet spot where we're getting new stuff, but like the graphics aren't trash. And yeah. some of the gameplay is really cool. So that's why like the GameCube is memorable. And the first Xbox, I mean, as they've dropped more and more, maybe that hasn't improved gameplay as much but when you have the first like here are the new graphics that are good this is the second system that can really do that you know that was a big difference and the handheld the game boy advance is a big thing too it was basically a portable super nintendo it was yeah. not like super powerful they put but out good stuff great it. games yeah. the gameplay was incredible yeah the pokemons the golden sun the remakes of the marios there's all kinds of stuff on there that's just beyond like there's the classics you can go back and play forever on there because the gameplay is so good the perfect gameplay loop so that was us Playing Pokemon. And we were listening to this. Listening to children getting pushed by fully yeah. automatics. It's strange. It's it's strange how much political and we knew we understood parts of it. Like I don't know if we could have <laughs> yeah. explained to you in the backs and forths of what happened, you know, to the Armenian people and all that, but we knew I explained Jet Pilot just fine, I think. Well, there you go. He's got his own <laughs> interpretation at the time. But we had we knew it was serious and we knew they were talking about real wars. They were educating us. It's it's strange how much of a worldwide consciousness that an album like this could really open somebody else up to when you only get what you're being fed at a certain age and at a certain point in time and at a certain, you know, there's only so much culture you can pull into your into your consciousness. So it's it's just a wild juxtaposition that at the time we were still doing, you know, not I'm not say childish because now everybody's a nerd and everybody plays yeah, Pokemon until the cool they're 40 thing. years old, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a joke, but it is though. It's for kids, and but we're dealing with this music that is, you know, on a worldwide scale, like the souls of thousands of people. Think this, of how that flipped. That you is kind of strange. How younger you're playing Pokemon, oh, that's a normal thing, but you're not necessarily listening to lyrics about <laughs> genocide yeah. necessarily. And now adults are idiots that play Pokemon all day and are completely unaware about politics. They're listening to Ariana Grande. Yeah, and the lyrics are nothing. <laughs> and it's no, what do a we twist. need more bands like this? If they 
I don't think they would put metal like I don't know. They still have like you know metal radio and rock radio. Yeah. If they had, I don't know. What could they really say? I mean, they put out the new songs that are explicitly again about the specific Armenian genocide, and I know they raised funds for that, and that they have. I'm sure they. I know they're they're real activists, and that they they donate money and. But to get that message again to a, such a mainstream audience, to clue kids into not only that specific tragedy, but just a global con consciousness at all or to to think about history at all like what what other music expects you to think about history at all like even we're not even talking about war and all these other things it's like so many of these topics it just opens your mind to them it's just crazy how one album it's like oh we're talking about history now oh we're talking about politics now and it doesn't it's a greater influence than a lot of the music that we have yeah. in the mainstream today. And that's something I was thinking about actually just previous to this podcast. You know, if you were to listen to System of a Down today, you might think, well, am I just going to find this on alternative rock stations? And that right. they were, this was mainstream music. Absolutely. In the early 2000s. They were the metal band for a couple years. Like they were a go-to metal act. You'd mix them between Linkin Park and Mariah Carey on the radio. This System of a Down, various tracks would still make mainstream radio crazy but yes their tracks uh, genocidal humanoids and protect the land very important tracks still releasing you know important moving educational if you will tracks they do still tour uh, mostly still on the west coast where they're at you can still see them if they're in that part of the region i don't think they've moved out of there in in a while partially due to the pandemic and partially because they mostly live in that area i think they mostly stay in that general vicinity but still putting out important music when they so choose to record together. So that's how you get from X to the Xbox and back again. Those were our influences at the time, man. We had diverse, diverse influences. We had corporate, corporate propaganda on one hand, and we had Pikachu's on the other. Pikachu's on the other, and System of a Down helping us make sense of it all in the middle. And that's why we call it the Poly Muse. The multiple influences, the multiple musings. All to make up a lifetime, make up a lifestyle called the Poly Music Experience. My name's Ben. This is my cousin Michael. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next episode. We'll catch you like a Pikachu.